When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast. I am your host, Ash Barami, and I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Baikowski. Hello. And a, a very weird setup today. We've got Rich Fay on the other side. I'll be guest on my own podcast. It's nice to hear your, your tones again. I feel like you're wasted when I'm in charge, maybe. Yeah, and I'm normally sitting to one side, just pretending I'm doing something. Yeah, doing but all the magic behind the keyboard. But really, I'm just sitting on my phone. Are you always delighted to have us? Yeah, or? I'm delighted to have you. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, always delighted. I feel like you should use a different word each time, maybe. What word would you use? Uh, yeah, I was thinking we need to get a new intro. Um, it, it, just change how you're feeling every week, you know. Concerned, optimistic. <laughs> I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you say, How are you doing? And you say, I'm fine. How are you? And deep down, it hurts inside. Oh. That was deep. <laughs> I've seen that sort of stuff on Twitter so much. There's just one of these awful, like, quote things, quote from the Bebo days or Tumblr or something. It's like when people ask how you are and you say you're okay when you're really not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like I don't. Don't ask me. Yeah, don't ask me. Hmm. But that's what we're delighted. It's an elaborate greeting, isn't it? Yeah. How are you? Okay, yeah, you, yeah, fine, yeah. And it's nothingness. It's being polite yeah. and saying it for the sake of it, but it gains you nothing. It's only a, it's, it's like clickbait almost. It's only a story if they say something different, but you've got to sell it sometimes, don't you, Simon? Sometimes you do, yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought of saying... No, I'm not. Have you ever said that? No, Once to, well, in a generic conversation, have you ever said well, yeah, anything other than I have said it in certain situations, but, you know, you've got to know the person pretty well. Yeah, because yeah. I think okay. it invites them to have to ask, why, what's up? It's yeah. It's like you're, it is a cry for help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never done it in the workplace. Yeah. Not yet. Not in the workplace. That wasn't a cry for help, but... Sorry, that was a cry for help, but I tell you what isn't a cry for help. City going top of the league in midweek, Si. It's, uh, it seemed like a very... Almost like a comfortable win of a, almost like a title win inside. If you get what I mean, a 2 0 away from home, it wasn't fancy, it wasn't, yeah. it was a bit more gritty. It was just City turned up, got the points, and it was one of those like on. classic narrative wins whereby you know you could almost like box off the cliches of everything that they they did well, but they, they genuinely did. Um, they didn't play that well going forward. Um, I think the decision to sort of put Gundogan and Bernardo and David Silva and Fernandinho in the same midfield didn't quite pay off so well. Didn't quite pay off as well as it did against Arsenal because against Arsenal, Sterling was really good, whereas against Everton, Sane was really bad. So um, you didn't have that sort of wing play that we're familiar with seeing from Guardiola teams but Bernardo was exceptional as he always is charging up and down getting involved and it, it was just a, a very committed performance they did enough Everton had pressure but um, we were just saying before I think Everton had an expected goals of 0.1 which, so for, the, for the people yeah, listening which, which and- it's um, basically if Everton 
kept playing like that, they would have had to have played for eight... 800, 800 minutes, basically, to score a goal with the quality of chances they produced. So so City shut them out and Guardiola said afterwards, like, to concede no shots on target at Goodison Park is not normal. I was going to ask you this downstairs, but I, I thought I'd save, it, I'd save it for the podcast just so people like me who don't know can find out. How do they work out expected goals? Is it some sort of maths equation where they take Ooh. shots, yeah, so times, minutes? Mm, mm. knows more about this because he enlightened me into the world of XG. Mm, I'm an XG convert. He is. Yeah. And so it, it's basically they will, they will be like a, if someone has a shot from the edge of the box, say, there yeah. will be at least 100 examples of another player having that same shot from the edge of the box in past games what so they take previous games yeah yeah anyone's ever taken a shot in the same scenario as the player who just has and they sort of equate how often the player will hit the target or score from such an area and by that you sort of get a tractable figure out of one so say so say like somebody who takes if somebody scores from 40 yards like the chance, chances of people having done that in the past are probably like, I don't know, four in a hundred. So the, the XG for that goal will be 0.04. Whereas if someone takes it from the penalty spot, chances of scoring are probably like 80 in a hundred. So that will be 0.8. But it could seem a bit flawed because it doesn't take context in the sit, like in the consideration no. where maybe it, it might be f- might be like it could be an open goal or it could be a free kick from yeah. that position yeah yeah it could also be your centre back taking a shot or your strikers taking a shot yeah and it, yeah. there's a difference between like Mo Salah taking a shot from 40 yards and any member of the Huddersfield team taking a shot from 40 yards it, it, it doesn't factor in those but it is quite good general um, showing of sort of which team has created the better chances so basically if your goalkeeper has a a worldie then you're likely to have like conceded a lot of expected goals but still win the game it's a good way of showing who should win the game sort of dominance in front of goal yeah creating more chances on goal so smashing grabs will be yeah yeah you get a sense one day with technology when the players land up to take a free kick it'll be like almost like something on the screen where it's like percentage chance of it going yeah, in yeah or... well they have that in cricket and things like that but it it's interesting because if you were there at Goodison on uh, Wednesday you'll have felt like City were under a lot of pressure like Everton were pretty strong in the second half City weren't that great it didn't feel like at keeping the ball and keeping danger away and yet Edison had very little to do and that's reflected in the fact that um, the expected goal says that Everton didn't really have anything like enough chances to score a goal so as much as it felt like a difficult night for City they weren't actually under that much pressure sort of inside the box because the rest of the players were keeping the the danger away from there yeah and one thing Pep said I mean going back to it obviously on Everton and Pep after the game you just, you'd heard him say that we've never given up Rich, that it almost sounds like now City are top of the league. Do you think there's almost like a sense that City know now that they feel like the title might be in their hands? I think so, but it's also I think Pep would have conceded himself that if they've lost to Arsenal the weekend before, then maybe they would have given up. They maybe mentally would have thought so. So I think obviously you can say those sort of things after you've just secured a bigger away win like that and you have returned to the top. I think there's also just rhetoric to, to put more pressure maybe on Liverpool because. 
City are in such an intense title fight that they weren't in last season. Of course they've got to believe that because they've got the experience. I think they've got some fixtures coming up which, although they're against bigger teams and maybe more favourable, Chelsea at home, as we'll come on to later, might not seem as daunting. Maybe hindsight will tell us on Monday if it was or not. But um, yeah, I think I don't, I don't think City ever did um, give up or feel that they were out of the title race. I think they certainly doubted it because Liverpool looked like a machine. You look at the, the results Liverpool had pre-Christmas it was similar to the way that City sort of started the season last year themselves so I think from their own point of view City can relate to the situation Liverpool were in maybe pre-Christmas and City last, last before Christmas basically knew they had the title wrapped up so of course they want to think if Liverpool continue with their own momentum then City can't catch them up City need Liverpool to falter for them to, to take the, the title themselves Yeah would you would you agree would you, would you agree that this Pep would think that the league's now in their hands based off them comments or do you still think he's, um, he's still a bit cautious, cautious I mean he's always he's always exercised caution and uh, speaking to him on Wednesday night he was sort of saying there's a long way to go and City are going to drop points still before the end of the season so will Liverpool like it's not going to be winning every game from now on so that there's more upsets and turns to come but he he has he's he's come across as more confident um both pre Everton and post Everton um he has been a lot more confident than he it's crazy because it's like nine ten days ago he was sitting in the press room after Newcastle where they just lost and it certainly felt like a big moment there um and Liverpool have still only lost one one game. So it, it's, it is very exciting. Um, but you do feel like the momentum is with City at the minute going into going into the, uh, the game. And the Everton game, while it looked problematic when it was scheduled in between Arsenal and Chelsea and Guardiola is still a bit frustrated at not having long to prepare for Chelsea, the fact that they're now ahead of Liverpool... Um, does make a psychological difference as I said yeah and as you said there I mean it was almost like a week of three tests really wasn't it and City have come through the first two yeah Chelsea on the weekend which we'll, we'll come back to but there's, an also, there's also another game there's also another day in the calendar I mean I've looked at that I mean the 24th of February you've got United and Liverpool in the league and obviously City have, it's a strange one because City are in a cup final and all the City fans will be focused on that but you almost get the sense that really they'll be looking at United Liverpool because that is their game in hand and there's so much at stake really for, for City from both sides in the league and the League Cup Well exactly that and like I say because City have beaten Everton now Liverpool can go top if they beat Bournemouth City return top if they beat Chelsea and then the next game will be that Liverpool United game when City are in the the cup final so Liverpool will potentially travel to Old Trafford not top of the league which puts extra extra importance on what is already a, a huge game United could, it's worth pointing out that Liverpool could go into that game they could have I mean Liverpool played Bayern Munich next Tuesday United played PSG yeah so there's there's some massive games coming up as well for, actually I don't think Liverpool played Bayern I think it's the Tuesday after is it <sighs> Liverpool Bayern I think that's after Bournemouth I think that's this Tuesday I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday Next Tuesday. No, they play Bournemouth, Liverpool play Bournemouth Saturday, and I think they play Bayern on the either the Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, I mean, those two Champions League results could really determine the way that, I know this is a United podcast, but the way that even Liverpool approached that game against United, because, yeah, get the thumbs up from Sartre. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. United could be riding a wave. They could have just beaten PSG, which I think they will do comfortably, to be honest. And, then they, and Liverpool could go into the game after a gritty game against Bayern. So, it's going to be really interesting. And I guess for City, the fact that they aren't playing immediately after the, the Chelsea game should give them maybe a boost in that sense as well mm. but you ask any manager and they will always tell you they'd rather have the points on the board than the game in hand yeah it's a strange one and I mean I'm not just saying this because it's a City podcast but you do get the sense with Liverpool where it, going into the run in the last five games maybe you would think that they would need a five point lead to win the league whereas if it's neck and neck you just think that City have the experience they've been there they've done it Liverpool haven't and it would that in itself would favour City. I mean, what would you think, Simon? You'd say that, um, but then of course, when it was close earlier in the season, it was City who blinked first and lost to Palace and and Leicester. But City have got a lot more players in their squad who have um, have league winners medals and that is invaluable experience um, but sort of away from pressure and such intangible factors City have had a spell where they've had loads of injuries and they didn't cope that well and now Liverpool are in a spell where they've got a few injuries quite a few injuries sort of significant injuries and they're not showing signs of coping as well as as well as they could so I think it's more important for Liverpool to sort of get out of of that and you know with Bournemouth and Bayern and United it, it's as much kind of getting getting through with the players they've got and avoiding other problems as it is um, you know the results because as a lot of people have said if they were to miss Van Dijk or Salah for a few weeks then that could make all the difference I've- yeah <clears throat> sorry I think what Zai says I mean if you take the first 11s I think they're both similar sizes and everyone knows the strength and depth is with City it's an advantage to them obviously key injuries will will have that part I guess from a City point of view you've just got to look at it as Zai said that they've already had maybe that, that blip in the season they've already maybe overcome at City you'd like to think whereas Liverpool it depends how long this is going to maybe continue for I think the I think I don't know going into the last five games I think the points obviously Liverpool would like to have an advantage but I think they'll be still as confident even if they're trailing in, in it because then the pressure goes on to City again whoever's leading the race has always got the more the more pressure on them but I just think that maybe City the fact not only that City players have done it before but City fans have, have seen them secure a title in the last nine minutes you might like that last day of the season Anfield will be a bag of nerves if they're playing against Wolves and they've not yeah. they've not secured is, is that who they are Wolves yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. what Wolves are like they can mm. yeah they, so, can, they can be such pests can't they in a way I think Liverpool are their own biggest enemy going into this title race I think City will just concentrate on what they're doing it's that boring rhetoric that fans maybe don't want to hear it's just we want to concentrate every game as it goes blah 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 but it, that's the truth and I think for Liverpool the fact that their fans are maybe starting to, to feel nervous and they'll say oh we're just enjoying the ride while we can because that's what any football supporter does say but I think Liverpool fans are quietly maybe putting more pressure on their team because although they're going to say we're just delighted that we've got a team competing again at top level they want that league title as much as possible and this might be the best chance they've got in the next five years to do so I've noticed a lot of people in the media I mean seems there was the, I saw something on Sky Sports earlier and mentioned it's injuries affecting Liverpool not pressure where 
I mean, you look at the injuries they have had, and obviously they lost Arnold, they lost a couple of players, but City have had them problems. But it's Even the injured Liverpool team's better than West Ham, though. And, yeah. And, yeah. and Leicester as well, yeah. So, so would, would, you say it's, would you say it's down to injuries, or would you say it's down to pressure? Because pressure, taking away from pressure seems like it's almost like a more valuable, a valued yeah. excuse. Yeah, no, I, I think it's important not to get like swept up in the whole pressure narrative perhaps because it's a bit easy to do so and injuries have been important but took the lead early against Leicester and didn't kick on which everyone was expecting him to do and didn't you know didn't capitalise on the things they were handed to on a plate at West Ham and I I thought the I thought the post-match reactions were sort of weirder for Liverpool than the, the performance itself I mean Klopp was snapping left right and centre at Mark Noble and the ref for Klopp to come out and start moaning about the referee after you've been gifted a goal and almost gifted another just bizarre but then you've got Andy Robertson say oh no one talks about City and pressure and you just kind of think I know, I know it. Keegan, I know it's frustrating. It's Keegan-esque. I, I know you've had it. To me, huh? Mourinho-esque to me. The way Liverpool reacted to that defeat act, and as if well, it's not our problem. No one that part, and we go to City. It's not our problem. Yeah. Because you're yeah. the team who've gone to West Ham away, been gifted two chances one game, and you've not done it. Yeah, I sounds mean, sounds like pressure. It, it's. Um, I'm sure City have come away from from defeats like that, but they've not said it publicly. And yeah, it it was. It was very strange. It's not something you're used to hearing. And as uh, Rich has said, yes, Liverpool have got issues, but they still have far more resources than West Ham. So they should be beating teams like West Ham. They should be beating teams like Leicester, just as City should have beaten Leicester. Because as much as you can, you can put it down to to injuries. Yes, they've not got as big a squad as City, but to suggest that they don't have a squad capable of winning the league is rubbish it makes you do think how but it's also just, I know there's a mass hysteria these days where if you lose a game you bottlers or you're fraud yeah <laughs> you know, you're, yeah you uh, big teams are always losing games that's gone on since that, that's just the nature of football but it's not as if every time a big team loses it's always oh they've slipped up rather than maybe a lesser team plays really well but I feel it's just I mean it is just mad isn't it the way that football just changed like that but as I said Liverpool's team is capable of winning the league but definitely and they're the team who've spent we talk about spending all the time I know it's maybe not what fans want but Liverpool are the team who are spending big they're the ones breaking the records so they can't then go out and say that maybe the world's against them and that's like the referees the, the reason they're not winning games because it is just maybe mental character and just something that City have or, or, or just an off day you've had yeah, an off night allowed an off day yeah it happens. you can't turn to work every day and expect to keep the same high standards it's a, yeah. it's a nice thing to believe but I know for a fact <laughs> into a trade secret I come to this <laughs> <laughs> I see some of the articles I've got to write am I level aren't going to be the same and I don't blame the referee or blame my company I'll be careful what you say yeah, on this Rich. yeah yeah I'll be careful what you say there's people higher up listening in you'll be getting called into someone's office maybe so. it means they're listening so yeah if you're higher up for me in, in the reach of PLC feel free to <laughs> because it shows you're listening we'll get our figures up as well that is impressive we're going to go to a break now and before we do I'm going to give you you two 
and the people listening. <laughs> not literally. You, you guys listening, uh, quiz question. And it's not, I don't think this is a difficult one. I think if you don't get it, I might I even have, have general to... knowledge as well. I know, I know this is a football podcast, but one we've had like a football and a general knowledge question. Oh. Yeah. And a random fact. Yeah, and a random fact. I like to do that. That might that might be a feature in coming weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're having a painfully yeah. low content. I'm just stress. If you've got any questions, we will not say this, please send them in. You know our emails are out there in the domain, you know our Twitter names. Please send in questions if you've got any. Right. <laughs> so getting moving on to this quiz question after Richard's rant. Um who is City's top assistant in the Premier League this season? Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. Richard's smiling. I don't know why. <laughs> Shaking his head. No, but There's someone I think it should be, but... We'll come back after this break with your, with your answers. Hello and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Before we left you, we gave you a little teaser quiz question, which was... Who is City's top goal, top assister in the league this season? I'll start with you, Rich. You're smiling. So I'm you sound absolutely like absolutely baffled. I mean, it's difficult because. Do you want a hint? Do you want a hint? No, no, I don't. Because right. I know at the start of the season, Benjamin Mendy was on fire. If he was fit, it would have been him. David Silva doesn't actually play that often. I mean, if I was to guess, I'd probably say Raheem Sterling because he's the one who's always putting in those crosses in the final third. That's I'd go Raheem Sterling. I would, I would guess at Leroy Sane. Do you want to know the answer? Love to know the It'd answer. It would be a pretty bad feature if you didn't tell us. You're both right. Oh. Sterling and Sane both joined top assisters and they both play the same ga- amount of games. Right. I think Sterling's came off the, I think Sane's came off the bench more but they both made 23 appearances in the league according to PremierLeague.com. Mm-hmm. For anyone questions on that. Nine assists each. Very joined nice. with Ryan Fraser and just behind Eden Hazard with 10 oh excellent that's fantastic we bonded there it's not quite Kevin De Bruyne of last year but no some people would say that Sai and I are the Sterling and Sane of the yes 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 yeah yeah Yeah. Stu Brennan likes to be known as Aguero he does (laughs) calls himself the chief (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Nicholas Odomendi is Ian Cheeseman (laughs) so we have to call him Superman is is it Superman Superman (laughs) (laughs) Not sure who you are, Ash, but we'll we'll find a we'll, we'll find one for me. Yeah. Yes, find. yeah. Arteta maybe. Mm. <laughs> I want to, I want a playing mm. role maybe. Playing role. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, you think brief appearances, <laughs> potential. <laughs> Sit on the side sometimes. Could be the Stockport in Yester. Could be the Stockport in Yester. I'll take that. Could be. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, we'll see. But moving on, we've got Chelsea on, su- on Sunday, is it? Sunday. Sunday it is, yeah, Sunday. Super Sunday. Sunday, f- super Sunday. Super sun- Actually, what's the other game? It could be, it might not Don't be. matter, no, who cares? Doesn't matter. So that is Sunday. the big one, and it is City's third. It's almost like the third part of the test in this seven days of big fixtures for them. And Chelsea, I mean, you get a sense that City will be out for revenge after what happened earlier in the season. Absolutely. Certainly Guardiola will. I mean, as much as they love Sarri and he didn't mind losing to him and they weren't that bad when they played um, at Stamford Bridge they just didn't take the chances but you know there's nothing Guardiola loves more than sort of righting a wrong and I think Chelsea have beaten him more than any other team has in this whole coaching career so it will be you know 
under no illusion that Guardiola will be going all out to sort of complete this hat trick of of games. Yeah, Vich. Do you, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. I mean, that defeat in was it December? December. Yeah. yeah, that was just such an. I mean, it was sort of showed that both sides of both clubs there because that was City on an off day and they looked a bit complacent. It started really well for City, and you felt you know if they can get another here, maybe that's what City have done in in big games in the past. We said last season how they used to always strike really quickly and get two goals maybe in the space of five minutes or something, and that can just really change the whole momentum. But yeah, the way that Chelsea just just push them aside I mean it was, it was a game that City could have got something out of at the end I think that's something you've got to remember but yeah it's got, of course it's going to be fresh in the mind in terms of that and I think Pep versus Sarri as well as we always like these little battles are in the war that, that are going on but I mean last season Pep said Sarri was in the top three managers in, in Europe which I guess by definition is probably in the world as well um, so I guess he's got a point to prove against him as well but I, as as Sai said I mean it's, and I bring this analogy up every week I think on the podcast but it's the same with the FA Cup he's still sore from last year he wants to put that wrong to right this year and it's the same same with Chelsea and with Sarri because I think as well when Pep Guardiola looks at his own personal record he doesn't just look oh I've beaten Chelsea X amount of times he's not beating Sarri's Chelsea and I think that's something that's important to him that he can maybe best a manager as well as, as a team it's funny because having lived through like Pep's first season at City there are so many similarities to Sarri at Chelsea mm. I've heard like, that before what, 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 well I mean you know the, what's he's, the key similarity he's come into Chelsea he's tried to impose his own philosophy he's had an amazing start and everyone says Sarri ball is amazing and then suddenly a few problems have hit and everyone says oh, Jorginho isn't really the answer to to his problems. What's he doing playing Kante out of position? What's he doing playing Hazard out of position? Hazard's an amazing player. Why are you trying to improve him? And, you know, just as Pep came to Aguero and said, look, you're really good, but I need you to be better. And we all said, why is he trying to improve Sergio Aguero? And then you look at Aguero two years on. He's still there two years on as well. Oh yeah, but, you know, three goals against Arsenal, but also just charging about everywhere, doing everything that Gabriel Jesus does that Jesus was brought to Manchester to spur Aguero on and you know Pep's system it is you know now a, an excellent success but it took time and that's what Sarri's calling for now and so Guardiola will have so much sympathy with Sarri but at the same time he's got to be the guy that that beats him on Sunday and puts more pressure on I think a couple of differences though with Sarri and Pep was is Sarri is I mean he's publicly coming out and criticising the players and I, I don't I don't know if you could probably recall and if when Pep's first season did he ever publicly come out and maybe criticise his players in the well, way he, Sarri has he, he didn't um, I mean what, which criticisms come to mind like he said that Hazard isn't a leader yeah he talked about the mentality but, of his team didn't he was it yeah was, it was something on the men- they I mean, lost I on a, quickly they searched lost it, a game was it after the Bournemouth game was it? I remember he said something along the lines that they, maybe there was something lacking from this Chelsea team that he couldn't teach which but I think as as he said that I think there is that is a difference between Sarri and Pep but I don't think that's maybe something that rules out that comparison I just think that's, yeah. they're just different managers and that's the way you go about maybe getting more from your team subsequently I think Pep probably is critical of his players but he does it in private whereas Sarri does it in in a more open environment but yeah I see them almost identical but I think it's also credit to the City board for sticking by Pep they caught them for such a long amount of time they were always going to but just I mean from a footballing point of view and a spectator someone who doesn't have an investment in the Premier League I hope the Chelsea board stick by Sarri because I think they could definitely become 
title challenges under him, but it just depends on the way that they maybe see the club going. But yeah, I think it, yeah. it would be absurd for Chelsea to get rid of Sarri. Really? Yeah. You know, I think there'll be pressure on him. Com- City. Com- completely again. absurd. But why have you appointed him? Yeah. And why That's are you the- appointing another manager and saying you've got one season to prove it? Because you're never going to get a manager fulfilling his potential if you're only giving him one season to, to do it. And yeah. that's why Chelsea's whole, the way the club's ran is, is so poorly because they're just having these snap short appointments which get you one year success. But then the manager, you know, you get a manager who can come in and make an immediate impact but not make a legacy. And that's what's been wrong with Chelsea for the last yeah. 10 years. But a, a, a point in Sarri for one year or less is the equivalent of giving Mourinho a 10-year contract and giving him the keys to your academy. Like it, It's just pointless. You've seen him build up this Napoli team over time. You've seen him build everywhere he's gone. Like to suddenly say, oh no, actually we don't really like your We'll get Conte back in and then we'll win the league and then he'll leave again. Yeah. I think the problem was with Chelsea and there's nothing against Sarri. He's, he's obviously a great coach, but... He's not. He doesn't seem like a Chelsea manager well, that's you know, good, in the that's sense a good that thing. yeah, Chelsea managers. What's been wrong with them in the past? Yeah, wrong. Well, they've they've won a lot of titles, but they've, not they've, had, a, they've had a lot of short term success. Yeah. But that short term success has always been followed by a bust, and everything's gone gone wrong. So, like we saw, we've seen with Mourinho and Sanchez. Like if you try and sort of Mourinho signed Sanchez to get one over on City and it's had the effect of like ruining the United wage structure and Sanchez hasn't performed like City wanted Jorginho and Chelsea saw that they could get Sarri and Jorginho in the summer um, if they sort of paid a, a couple of extra million pounds so they've done that you would like to think that they've appointed Sarri and brought Jorginho in because they trust in Sarri's vision and I think he's shown more than enough this season to show that that can work but if you've just brought him in so you can sort of get one over on City then you deserve everything that blows up in your face yeah, what I mean, the thing is with Chelsea, you don't know what you're going to expect. I mean, one week they're getting thumped exactly, by Bournemouth, yeah. the next week they're thumping Huddersfield 5 0. That's, yeah. that's another comparison to that City side of Pep's first season because there was times where you thought, God, this team's really good, they're, they're finally clicking, and yeah. then they go out and implode the next week. I mean, Ever- Everton, the Everton 4, the Everton, City 0. Like, that personifies it enough but yeah as you said going to this weekend Sunday um, I guess that's a difficulty for City as you don't know what which uh, Chelsea will turn up might, might be the Chelsea who turned up the Etihad last season and do, who just conceded defeat from minute one and just said we've got to sit back and hope we're going to lose 1-0 now um, but it could be this, the Chelsea side who have had such impressive victories as well this season but it's going to be difficult to see um, but I still think City on their day are a better side than Chelsea I think they've got good individual talents Chelsea but at the moment I think if City turn up and play their game that they will win it and I wonder what the odds are on City making a chance of having a shot in the first minute (laughs) was it it against Everton there was a chance early on very very early it makes you think that it's yeah a third minute or something like that yeah Yeah. it makes you think that it's almost it must be like some sort of like Tactical thing that Pep has in his mind. Yeah. I saw it on that, that was that a City documentary when he, he gave like a team talk and straight after he had a, I think he might have had a go Sterling in it. And straight after half time, City go out and score. I think yeah. Sterling yeah. scored. So yeah. it makes you think. Well, that happened at Huddersfield as well at half time when he gave him a rocket and then scored two in five minutes. It's yeah. um, it does have an impact. I think they'll be completely up for this game. Yeah. I think you know the games that you'll have to watch out for. City and their games. remaining games are sort of the the ones that yeah. 
I'm think, looking at yeah. like Palace away and things yeah, like that. Where that was so difficult last season as well. It was yeah. like Edison last minute penalty save. But I also think while you're on that, that they get a lot of stick. But the City fans for the big games this season have been fantastic. Yeah. They've really sort of risen to Pep's challenge where he wanted it to be a fortress. He always said he wanted maybe to take it into the European games. We'll see how that, that maybe materialises. Not maybe the Schalke game, but if they were to get past that and to get into the last stage of the Champions League. But City have really made the Etihad maybe more of a fortress. I know you're always going to get critical yeah. opposition fans who say oh blah 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 you know, it, it's an easy dig to have at City and they'll say what about the empty seats and all that nonsense but City I think have, have made home games more of a more of an occasion really and I think that will play into their yeah. advantage this weekend it helps as well having a proper title race last year there was just an air predictability around it that everyone knew City yeah. turn up they're going to win well, you almost it, got by great, December yeah. you knew the league was done yeah well yeah. last season you almost got ungrateful <laughs> probably as a City fan didn't you because mm. you thought oh we've won the league yeah, it was good. more a feast it was just like let's yeah. watch Kevin De Bruyne and you'd almost yeah. be disappointed if they didn't thrash a team five or six yeah. be, oh we only won two three <laughs> yeah. today yeah. but there's that real edge yeah. at the minute certainly for the Liverpool and game think, was just yeah. amazing I think if they City to win this league the league this season as well it's just it's more of a more of a treat as well and it's overcoming that and doing it last minute and as other signs that it is more of a more of a spectacle and something that could be one of the most satisfying league title wins in City I mean I don't think anything or, or, personally top 2012 for City fans no but this Pro- could be up there one of one of the most for Pep as well won a lot of titles but he's never won one from coming from behind yeah that's so. a fair point but anyway, on Chelsea on that game team news we I think we spoke last week uh, with with Stu and Ian Cheeseman and you just mentioned that you think Superman you like <laughs> yeah <laughs> You thought that maybe um, it would be one off, it would be Aguero one game and maybe Gabriel Jesus the week after. But as we've seen against Everton and Arsenal, it was Aguero for the last two. Aguero on his recent form, though, I guess that's the point, isn't it? You could make a point of it and doing it. And knowing Pep, maybe he will drop Aguero just because that's the type of guy he is. But yeah, City have been, the team's almost been picking itself. I mean, there's always got to be a few oddities because that's just the way that Pep operates and City's strength and depth is so good that quality players always need to miss out I mean I think the the bigger news is the fact that De Bruyne's still not starting games as regularly but that's a compliment to, to the other players in the lineup. Um I know you said that Sane was maybe underwhelming against Everton <laughs> <laughs> that was a polite way of putting it yeah <laughs> so you'd expect him to drop up but it depends what Pep wants to do because we've not really seen Bernardo play out wide that much this season which no. you could do to bring De Bruyne in for, for that game particularly against Chelsea's midfield you might want to put your your strongest three central midfielders out but then again Bernardo will usher them out he'll you know, he can play to, anywhere yeah he, he's guaranteed to play I'd say if there's one yeah. one player you can put on the team sheet for me outfield players Bernardo all the way but it depends if you want to play him out wide or, or in centre mid yeah and Sai would you would you, would you you'd expect Aguero to start again this Sunday you would this- yeah I, I mean I didn't expect him to start Everton and he wasn't amazing at Everton um, and then Jesus came on and scored the goal so Jesus you know knocking on the door but you just think these big games big big experiences you need you you go to men and Aguero showed against Arsenal that that is still him yeah, yeah. whenever you approach a big game I think you've got to go in it with the mentality that we might get one chance to score today who do you want to be up front for that? Jesus or Aguero? Jesus is a great player. He does lots off the ball, brings wide players in. But if a ball falls to one of them in the box, it's Aguero all day long. Yeah. Plus you've got that almost like Argentina battle where you've got Aguero leading one side and you've got Higuain on the other. It, I don't know what they're, probably are friends, but you think yeah. they'd want, they they want to get one over. Call the other. each other up. 
sort of <laughs> Pep and Sarri and say, if I start Aguero, will you start Higuain? Just let the newspapers the have a bit of colour. Yeah. yeah. Pep will probably um, say no and start but anyway. That, but it's funny because at um, Sanford Bridge, they both played with a false nine. Um, so and Chelsea's was more successful than City so it'll be interesting to see if if Sarri puts Hazard up there again or trusts Inigwain to yeah. to play there there's many questions that will be answered this weekend mm. yeah and I think finally on that I think that the big team news is the Chelsea team news rather than the City team news because as we said there's so many sort of permutations that City can go with where you still think they're favourites to win I guess it's just if there's a Sarri masterclass that none of us have seen coming which can can sort of come to fruition or, or a pet masterclass yeah it was funny speaking to uh, Danilo did some interviews and so the players only got told the team for Arsenal an hour before the game and it went up on the board and they're old look, school that is and they're looking at it thinking like when right I wonder what effect okay. that gets <laughs> um, I mean but obviously they've, they've practiced and practiced and practiced in training but you know it's um, it's interesting that Guardiola still sort of kept them guessing and keeps it fresh for them I suppose yeah that, that is that is one and they only had an hour thing. to think about you know how on earth they were going to play together yeah didn't end badly though did it so well exactly exactly so but that but that's your point because you know it, the Chelsea team selection will be yeah big but City however it looks on paper yeah. you can guarantee that it's going to come together I think for everyone watching besides the Liverpool they'll be hoping for a, a Pep masterclass and not a Savvy masterclass that's for sure thank of course, you of course Liverpool play first this weekend though don't they so yeah so they that's do. true might not need a Pep masterclass it'd be advised to have they one. will they will but you never know and especially talk about Chelsea being maybe flaky but Bournemouth themselves yeah you never know what could happen I mean this Chelsea side lost to Bournemouth 4-0 so City fans could have a lot of reasons to smile come full time on Sunday they could have a would it be a three point lead in the Premier League or Two? Four? It would be the head on goal difference. So a three point lead. It would be a three point lead. But with having played an extra game. Or a two point lead if or a zero draw. point lead. Or be or three a zero point, point lead or yeah. yeah. So I guess that's why it's so exciting though. I know yeah. we said that yeah. about eighty four times in this podcast, <laughs> but there is a title race this season. Yeah. And even though people have their opinions, no idea how it's gonna end. <laughs> it's worth noting as well that City do have a quite a superior goal difference to Liverpool as well if it does come down in goal difference yeah I think it's plus seven yeah, with an extra game played so you'd expect City to come out on top if it goes down to goal difference yeah we'll see this weekend thank you for joining me guys it was um... it was a delight <laughs> do you think you'll be doing this more often Rich you'll be sitting on across from me on the to, front yeah, if, we, if we have such severe staff shortages yeah. again but injury, injury <laughs> crisis here yeah, yeah. at, at the MEN Superman when you need him yeah exactly yeah. if I get drafted I mean when Ian Cheeseman's saying he's busy that's when you know you're <laughs> scraping the barrel you'll, you'll see him in an hour you can ask him what, yeah. he, what he's been yeah. doing but yeah no a pleasure as always and yeah. if the fans want us back I should know that there's a press conference that I shall be attending with Ian Cheeseman in an hour not that I'm just yeah, you, you, need, you need to get not, off not that I just go around to his house for <laughs> yeah. tea and biscuits I, mean, I, I was hoping the listeners would have picked that up that's on a Sunday yeah. <laughs> yeah after the game that'll be nice wouldn't it <laughs> the Ian Cheeseman debrief <laughs> <laughs> we'll remind him of that next week thank you guys. thank you everyone for joining us if you haven't already subscribe to us on Acast or Apple Podcasts and even on Spotify you'll get all the notifications of the podcast going live straight to your notifications. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.